Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we are slowly dog paddling through the Bare Naked Lady songs alphabetically. We are back from winter break and ready to come out of our cocoons like butterflies. We are free. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> this week I am joined again, as always, and pleasurably by Aaron and Michelle. As this week we discuss. Crawl. crawl It's really impressive When I was just drowning Off the Grinning Streak from 2013 It is an Ed Robertson song uh, Grinning Streak seems to have a lot of songs about ways to get around they got, they got Crawl, they've got Gonna Walk Like It seems like Ed's got a pattern going with this album here Grinning Streak was a pretty popular album it debuted at number 10 on the Billboard 200 chart and sold 26,000 copies in the first week, which is pretty good. It was their highest position since Everything to Everyone, so it's kind of like rebounding there for them. It debuted at number 12 on Canada's top album chart and 101 on the UK chart. What's wrong with you, UK? <laughs> like, where did you go? According to Setlist FM, getting back to this specific song, Crawl, this song has never been played in concert, not even during the Grinning Streak tour. Wow. I know. Like, it, that is really an odd choice. My one question to you, Aaron, Songmeister, mm-hmm. shouldn't your last song on the album, which Crawl is... Shouldn't that be your strongest or one of your strongest songs? Well, Tracy, it explains a lot, I think, that this is the last song on the album. I didn't know that going in, but that answers one of my many questions about this track. I don't dislike this song. I like this song. It's pretty good, and I'm a little surprised that it was never played live, but I guess with with the ending... I don't want to jump the gun here. I'll get into I'll get into why I think they ended this the way they did. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is, it, like you said, it's an interesting song. It's a, a different song. He's trying to make metaphorical references to swimming mm-hmm. and crawling. Um, so he's referring to crawl in this song, and I thought before I even listened to this song because I don't listen to this song often, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I thought he was referring to crawling as in the thing that we all do when we're trying to get around as babies. No, the and then crawl I was like, oh. swim technique, yes. Right. Oh, wait, this is a swim song, sort of. <laughs> and then he makes the reference to the butterfly. Yeah. Some interesting things, some interesting, non interesting uh, <laughs> facts about crawl stroke. It has several variations. The most often used is the Australian crawl, it is the fastest of the strokes, which is why often when when swimmers use freestyle, which means they can use any stroke, any way to get down the pool, they often choose the crawl stroke to get down the pool for competitions. It is also one of the least tiring strokes. People can do it for a very, very long period of time without losing any energy. Um, it is also one of the oldest strokes, which was first seen in Egyptian hieroglyphics. Wow. So just some interesting little tidbits there about about crawl stroke crawl up and down the nile (laughs) they did 
That's kind of well, maybe, cool. maybe not. I don't know how fast the are you in was. denial about that fact, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> You missed me, didn't you? This is really interesting. Not to jump the gun on um, Aaron's hot take, but <laughs> just hearing you guys talk about this, like mm-hmm. it's just I'm having to revise my assessment of this song because I totally did not take it literally. I totally looked at it as a song about shifting through depression mm-hmm. yes and but but well i definitely yeah, think I I mean, that, that. that's the that's definitely the intent i would say well and it's just interesting through the metaphor of swimming learning to swim it's just interesting like it makes so much more sense if you take mm-hmm. it literally but then it also disappoints me if it's literal you know what well, i mean like it's I, a I think whole... it's both why not both yeah i think he's Doing his double meaning so thing that Ed likes to do. Scorpio Actually, double I, I really did like the lyrics in this song. I have to say, it reminded me very much of a comic book or a graphic novel, if you want to be pretentious, uh, that I really love called uh, The Max. And The Max is about this, well, ostensibly superhero, but he really ends up destroying things more than he ends up helping anybody. Um, <laughs> But he's kind of like, potentially he could just be a schizophrenic homeless man. We're not really sure. Maybe he's just a hero in his own mind. Um, but the whole thing is a metaphor for like puberty and coming of age and trying to become an adult and trying to make sense of the chaos of an adult life. And when you're responsible for yourself and coming to face your own kind of demons and dealing with depression and all this kind of stuff. So it was uh, something I loved very much when I was in high school. It really kind of helped me out a lot. Um, and they used the they used the metaphor because, you know, he was talking to this depressed girl at one point called Sarah. And he said, you're wading through your depression or you're wading through this time in your life. And she said, wading with a T? He said, no, wading. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a nice metaphor there about like, they're talking about you start off with the, in this song, they're talking about starting off with like a doggy paddle. Um, and the doggy paddle, you know, it's not going to get you very far, but it'll help you not drown. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of yeah. treading water, right? You just stay alive. And it's usually our first thing that we do involuntarily if you throw a child into water. That's their first well, thing they try you, to if do. If you've ever worked out in a pool before, they have like, you know, the underwater aerobics or just if you've, if you've done swimming, especially in like a lap sense or a competitive sense. You know how much inertia you have in water, how much energy it takes to get moving. So, like, imagine you're standing still in a pool with the water up to your neck, and then you try and run. There's a lot of resistance, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a really good metaphor for depression, like how hard it is to just get out of bed, take a shower, get dressed, go to work. Like, you're fighting through all this resistance and inertia just to get going. So I really do feel like there's some good lyrics here. We're talking about we're starting off learning to dog paddle. Then you kind of can get to crawl. You start moving. You learn to deal with these things. You learn to deal with the emotional weight of day-to-day life as an adult, and you learn to move on. Or maybe getting past a trauma or something. So there's nothing specific here that I can say this applies to, you know, without – I don't want to psychoanalyze uh, the be- – not that we don't do that. <laughs> but, I was going to um, say, that's kind of what we do. I but, totally uh, do that. You you know, uh, I actually really liked the lyrics, and I, I thought this was a, a pretty nice turn of uh, turn of phrase here. I guess the I guess what struck me when you guys were talking about the literal swimming, mm-hmm. like that didn't even occur to me. Mm. It did not even occur to me that it was a literal swimming. Song, I love but... swimming, so that might have been that might have been what I was I was tuned into it. I love being in the water. Well, th- I think the thing that got me was towards the end of the song where I'll crawl. It's really impressive when I was just drowning. Like to me, yeah. it seems like such an emotional. Like, 
I was just drowning, but I'm I'm crawling. I'm you doing know, it. I'm, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm still breathing. I'm yeah. right. doing it. Like, well, and crawling, like I said, is one. It's not the most difficult stroke, but it is the fastest. It's the most efficient stroke. So, in some ways, it's it's a proof that you're doing really, really well it, using that analogy. Get up and get moving. Versus butterfly, which is literally the hardest stroke that is out there. And he's like, you know, might as well be a butterfly. I'm almost there. I'm I'm <laughs> kind of getting there. Like I might I might as well be there because at least I'm moving. It's just as good. <laughs> and that's a perfect tangential analogy because with the butterfly you're reborn. So again, you if we're getting over trauma or something, yeah. um, that yep. I think that oh, I think Ed, there's really good Ed's lyrics. Spinning a, a yarn around us. <laughs> yeah. No, I I like it. Like he does. I, my favorite line be, with that analogy of depression is it's harder than it looks to move through water because so many people. Mm-hmm. Like and you see memes about it all over the place today, but it is people always are telling people like, "Oh, we'll just get over your depression. We'll just get mm-hmm. past it. We'll just do this. We'll just." Do... It's not that easy. It's easier to say that you could mm-hmm. do those things that when you're in a depression, well, just get out of bed. No, there is no just getting <laughs> out of bed. It is a struggle to even want to get out of bed yeah. when you're in a clinical depression, like. It, it's not an easy thing, but people always simplify it. And I, I think that's a great first line to start this metaphor off with and go with. Because swimming also, like, it is hard to, to move through water. It looks easy, but it isn't. Agreed. And I do like a lot of the analogies. He likes to throw those little lines in there throughout the song to keep us in the metaphor. This is one of those songs where he does keep us in the metaphor almost throughout the whole thing. The only part that, like, really got me that I don't didn't quite get um, and maybe I just need to listen through it one more time and it will click is I could hold my breath and just stay under, but now there's rings of fire on the lake. So I'm kind of like, I'm not quite sure what that, what that part of the metaphor was. Is this about the Olympics and Michael Phelps? It could be. Like, I wonder if he was inspired by Michael maybe. Phelps. Maybe he was just thinking about how grave an analogy that was, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> totally possible. So I, I could hold my breath and just stay under rings of fire on the lake. Looking back, I have to wonder just how much did I think I could take? So, you know, maybe it's like, I don't think Hold My Breath and Just Stay Under is is like, you know, swimming underwater. I think it's more like that scene in, um, what is it, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums or uh, uh, certainly uh, the, the Graduate. There's a couple of movies where there's people just kind of like go, I don't know if it was Royal Tenenbaums or if it was um, Rushmore, but Bill Murray's character in one of those Wes Anderson films just like went to the bottom of the pool and just, exhaled and just sat there for a little while oh um yes uh so I, you know i, I, think, I think that's that. the kind of image you're talking about which is, would be like giving up that would be like giving into your depression you know i was gonna just wonder if that's like but, giving into the depression not so much giving up on life but giving yeah. in on the depression like it's easier than trying to sit there and struggle and stay afloat like it's like just yeah maybe i should just let myself be under here the rings of fire on the lake might be like a sense of urgency like i know it's comfortable you know that, that i think that's the thing and not to get too deep but that's the thing about depression that a lot of people, especially people who maybe never struggled with it, don't understand. is It's not a pleasant thing, but there is a comfort in shutting yourself out from everyone, just staying in bed and like just giving in to the depression. There, it, it's, it's, not, it's not nice. It's not pleasant. I don't even know if comforting is the right word, but there is a certain amount of um, Inertia is the best thing that I can just, just, you know, it's just, it's so much easier to not fight. It's so hard to fight it sometimes, I think. Yeah. That it's just like, just go, oh, whatever. Just lay there. Just turn the TV on. Get the bag of Doritos. 
and stuck your face. <laughs> no, legit though, yeah. There. So I mean, I, I do think this song, the lyrics are actually, and in fact, I'm really glad that we had this discussion because I've actually just slightly raised my rating for the song. Right. Um, I, I I like it a little better now. I already was coming at it from this angle, but I certainly think after discussing it with the both of you that this is most definitely where uh, where the lyrics are coming from. And I really like the analogy, and I think it's pretty d nicely done. Uh, so it's still like I mean, I guess I'm jumping the gun here. It's not one of my favorite songs they've done, <laughs> but it's 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 pretty darn good, and uh, I like it. Let's talk a little bit about the music. Okay. Why don't we Why don't we hand it over to you, Aaron, to talk about the music in in general, and then also discuss how those the music blends in with those lyrics well now i'm thinking twice as hard about it because this is interesting so okay let's break it down break down break down break down aaron's gonna talk about construction and time <laughs> crawl is recorded at 97 beats per minute uh exactly again does seem to have been recorded to a click track or electronic percussion it's in the key of a major Let's go over the changes here really briefly. This is very simple changes. So the verse is one six four, and then the intro and the chorus are both one three four. So we're we're kind of arriving, we're, we're departing and arriving at the same place, but by with different layovers, if you will. Uh, and then the pre-chorus is kind of the most complex. The pre-chorus goes two three four six five four, and then the four goes back to the one for the chorus. So it's like a blues turnaround. Um, there's nothing here that's like earth shattering as far as being innovative, but it's, I think it's well done. And I think it, it's interesting that everything, the resolution back to tonic is always coming from the four in this song, um, not the five, which you might expect at least half the time. Um, so it's interesting. I, maybe that, I don't know if that was intentional. Like, um, you know, the, the four traditionally speaking, people don't view it as having the same amount of urgency to resolve back to the tonic that the five does. So I don't know if that's a metaphor for the depression or the fact that it kind of stays in the same place and does the same things. If that's like talking about depression or the inertia, maybe I'm uh, giving them too much benefit of the doubt, or maybe I'm projecting here, but that could be an interesting way to look at it. Certainly. Um, so the changes, we have the intro, which I'm going to call C changes. Cause that's the chorus. Uh, the verse, the first verse is a pre-chorus is B uh, chorus is C verse two is a pre-chorus is B chorus is C. Then there's the pre-chorus changes again, and I'm going to call this like a quasi-bridge, because it's not really a bridge. There's no actual bridge in this song, but it's like coming at, it goes instead from the chorus, instead of into the verse, it goes back into the pre-chorus changes, and there's a little bit of instrumentation changes. And then we have the chorus changes with a sliding synth solo on top. And then we just repeat the chorus changes until the main instrumentation fades out and is completely replaced by very, very loud synth pads. Um, the whole song, I feel, has a slightly kind of mid to late U2 feel to it almost, but with much less reverb and delay. I don't know about you guys. Maybe back me up here. <laughs> the synth pads that come in on the second chorus, uh, or is it the second verse? Uh, um, just too loud. Too loud. Is it just me? Because I had to check my browser tabs to make sure something else wasn't playing in the background. <laughs> I, I was, it was no. very weird. I was like, whoa, is some, something else playing now it's <laughs> I, I actually like the pads the pads are very ambient they're very brian eno but they're so upfront and present in the mix that it is it's yeah. very distracting to me it's I not agree. just not just at the end like they got them at the end and it might have worked if it was just like that at the end but those pads are so damn loud in the second verse it's it's weird it's like um as much as i liked a lot of the instrumentation and the performance of the song did anyone else feel like that ending was a bit of a cop-out 
I'm trying to remember it. They, well, so here's <clears> what happens. To be honest, like, I've listened to this song several times, yeah. and, like, thinking of the song even now, it's not coming to me off so the top of my head. the main chorus groove with the guitars and the bass and the drums and everything starts to fade out, and the pads start to fade in. And eventually you're left with just the pads. So I've heard this. This is something that has been done. The Beatles have done stuff like this. A lot of bands have done stuff like this. It's, rather than having a traditional fade out where it just goes down to nothing, um, I can see the impulse, right, to be like, well, let's just not do a plain old fade out. Um, but what it happens, so what happens is you know, the, the pads are fading in. They get louder and louder. Everything else gets softer and softer. And then you're left with just these ambient pads that sort of wash over you, which now that I'm thinking about it, like waves, maybe, right? Could be uh, that kind of thing. Maybe. So maybe that's a metaphor for, I don't know, is that giving into depression? Did you drown? Did you, you are you Are you leaving on the shore now and the waves are behind you? I don't know. But uh, now that I actually kind of like it a little more now that we've had that conversation, but it still feels like a bit of a cop-out to me. It feels like we didn't know how to properly end this song, so we're going to fade it out and bring these synth pads in and leave it there. And, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think I might have preferred a traditional fade-out, honestly. Uh, and I, that might be why they don't perform it live, because it's kind of hard to do it correctly live or sound interesting, you know, or, or it might sound kind of jarring just to have the everything but the pads and the synth going. The synth pads at the end, too, they lasted so long, you know what I mean? It was like a, almost a minute of just the synths, I want to say. It was very weird. It felt like they were either trying to fill space on the CD or like maybe someone's Blade Runner soundtrack had been left in the CD changer. Um, it was kind of beautiful, but very incongruent, I want to say, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, it felt a little jarring. Uh, overall, I like the song, but I don't love it. I think it's better than a lot of the stuff we've heard uh, off their later albums that we've, you know, I've been very adamant recently about calling middle of the road, mediocre, phoned in. Um, this one stands a cut above that stuff, in my opinion, but it could have been much better with a little development. Uh, perhaps adding in like a real bridge. Development. Yeah, I'm, it was. It feels underdeveloped. It feels yeah. underdeveloped to me. I feel like as we discuss the lyrics, I can mm -hmm. see the merit of the song, but yeah. to me, just listening to the music, the music really didn't inspire me to like dig in like we just did into mm -hmm. the lyrics. Um, you know, it's just yeah. like another song that they pumped out to put on the record to fill some space. Well, that's that's what I that's what I was like wondering if yeah. maybe they were trying to like get like an exact round number, and that's what like oh let's put in an extra minute of synth pads at the end of crawl, you know? Like I don't know. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm being a little silly there, but like I don't know. It, it's, it's let me it's, listen to it real quick here. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say, yeah. I think if they added like a real bridge, if they toned down those synth pads in the second chorus, maybe even toned them down a little at the end and fading out the instrumentation, the main instrumentation a little less abruptly and not just sitting on those pads for so long at the very end, it could have been a little bit better of a tune. Um, but I mean, I think they're definitely tune. trying to say something with that yeah. there. I almost feel like, yeah, once again, they're trying to drive home that depression feel, like re-listening to it now. Like I get that feeling of... It's it's that feeling of uh, not floating, but you're you do feel immersed in water. It's that that feeling of kind of water yeah, is kind of enveloping you. You're not in danger of drowning at that point, but you're not safe. You're not 
feeling great either. So it's definitely almost like that uh, that coming out of the depression, possibly a little bit feel. But you're not like I wouldn't say that 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 sound and that that set of sounds makes me feel safe or or energetic or feel like I'm succeeding. It doesn't sound feel like I'm yeah. flying. It, it feel it makes me feel like I'm struggling. I'm getting through, but I'm not. I'm not totally underwater at this point. That's my that. my thought. <laughs> I'm looking at Michelle, Michelle. but she can't no, tell. I'm looking I just, at her. I just, I'm just, I see what you're saying for sure, and I feel like as we keep talking about the song, it just feels like this song actually has a lot of potential, but it definitely feels like it. It they took it to... out of the oven too soon. Yes. <laughs> they left their cake out in the rain. The the cookie. Yes. Oh my God, MacArthur Park. <laughs> I was gonna say their cookies are a little soft in the middle, and not necessarily they, in a good way. Just a little too soft. It, I just. It just feels like another song that they pumped out to put on the record. You know what I mean? And and I just think it listening. Been something really great. Yes, especially after we got dug into the lyrics. Like, there's really stuff here, and it could have been. I don't know. It, it is what it is. I get what you're saying, Tracy. Too. Or maybe sure. they were pressured. Maybe they were mm-hmm. under pressure to get the album out by a certain date, and they were right. just like, ding, yeah, ding, that's good ding, enough. Ding, just put it on. Ding, yes, ding, ding, exactly. <laughs> just because, like. It, I, I listen to the other songs that are on this record, you know, and so we have like Gonna Walk, you have Best Damn Friend. They're very upbeat, happy for the most part, most of the songs that are on here, Daydreaming. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have this song, which is, it, it's very, it's kind of morose. It's not down, not depressed, but it's definitely a morose song. Um, and it doesn't match up with some of the other songs that are on, on this album and it finishes off the album which is a really weird tone to like this you you're talking about that synth at the end yeah that finishes the album well that's okay i'm glad you brought that back up tracy thank you because i did when you had mentioned this was the closer to the album i suddenly i don't mind that as much because now it's more of a thematic puzzle piece and i i guess that's one that's one kind of um that's what I'm looking for. Uh, uh, downside, I guess I want to artfully phrase it, uh, more artfully phrase that. But one of the uh, one of the, the negatives uh, of us using this format is I have not heard most of these albums, you know, cover to cover. I am experiencing them scattershot all over the all over the map, one song at a time from different eras. So, you know, um, maybe at the end of this adventure, I'll go and just listen to them all, you know, from from beginning to end. Because I am a firm proponent of concept albums, theme albums. I, Pink Floyd's like one of my favorite bands ever. Radiohead's one of my favorite bands ever. Muse. I love Queen. You know, I love all of these bands that like to have like a theme for the album, have almost like a rock opera, you know, there's like thematic elements. And I don't know how much is present in these albums because it's hard for me to keep the thread going from one song to the next. And sometimes I hear the last song of the album first or, or like a middle song. So... I, I guess maybe if I heard this album all the way through and if there was a progression, like like what you're talking about, Tracy, if there was a progression, a thematic progression from like one place to another, maybe that would make a little more sense. And maybe the ending of this song is more, <coughs> more it's less the ending of the song as it is the ending of the album. And maybe the song 
is where it is to kind of say like, hey, we know sometimes life can be hard. We've been there. I've felt this. This is my metaphor. This is how I think of it. And this is how I get through. This is how it feels for me. Um, that's pretty powerful. And, I, you know, that could be something I, I worry that because I'm not hearing it in the context of the album as a whole, I might be missing out of a piece of that. So um, if somebody wants to email us <laughs> and give their own spin, uh, especially, you know, guys. BNL, we know you listen. We know we know you want to be on the show. Come talk You're to Ed us Robertson. about it. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Kevin, <laughs> come on, everybody. Tyler, uh, we'd love to have now. you on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, maybe you know, it isn't, I'm certainly fallible, uh, in spite of rumors to the contrary. So you know, if I have missed <laughs> something here, I would love to hear about it. Or if somebody has another theory or something, we'd love to hear from you. So write to us at barenakedabcs at gmail.com. And when we get to, when we finish off with the whys, we're going, I'd like to have us each listen to the album all the way through and then reorganize, and I'll give you a list at that time of all the B-sides and and backup songs that they had at that time, Mm. and reorganize the albums as we think that they should have been. Okay, I like Um, that idea. But that's that's a long ways down the road. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) And I figured it would be best to do that after we've heard all the songs. Yes. So. Yes. So why don't I, unless you have some more to add there, Michelle, why don't I, I send it over to you? Okay, so for ratings, now I did, I picked the topic after listening to it a couple of times, and the only word that really stood out to me was butterflies. Like, that's the only thing that stood (laughs) out. And I'm like, this is, like, nothing really meshed listening to it. It just, I think there wasn't really enough emotion in it for me, even though I was looking at the lyrics. Um, How many strokes? (laughs) Oh, there we go. We could change it. I did have butterflies, but we'll change it to strokes. So I gave it, um, after our discussion, I, like Aaron, raised my score just a tad. I started at the 2.5 because that's middle. That's the middle, and it was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But I've upped my score to 2.75 strokes. Um, So, Aaron, how about you? What is your score? We are, uh, as we usually are, Michelle, very, very close in our ratings here. I... Uh, I initially was going to go for like 2.75 or so, and I raised mine ever so slightly. I raised it up to 2.9, but then I was thinking about it just underneath that. So I'm going to go and give um, Crawl 2.85 butterflies out of five, or 2.85 strokes out of five. Um, I do oh, recommend let's it. Let's call it butterfly strokes. Butterfly we'll, strokes. There you we'll, go. We'll, we'll <laughs> meet. Bridge there we go. So no, I. I, I, 2.85? Sorry. Yeah, 2.85 butterfly strokes out of 5. And that, that comes with a caveat, which is that I do think people should listen to this song. If you have not heard this song, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, it's BNL. So I think pretty much almost everything is worth a listen. You know, that's why I'm doing yeah. this. Everything that I've heard so far, it's not <laughs> like I'm upset that I spent my time listening to the, any of these songs, even the ones that I didn't particularly like. Um, that's not what your email last week said to me, Aaron. <laughs> I don't remember that email, but okay. I'm upset about another postcard still. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that it's, yeah. it's worth almost anything could be worth a listen to. But you know, if you're listening to the show right now and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to listen to anything that Aaron rates lower than a three or something like that," 
give Crawl a chance because there is something there. I feel like it's underdeveloped. I feel like it, there could have been more done with it. But there is something there that intrigues me, and there's something mm. there that is definitely worth a listen. And the lyrical content, especially, is very interesting. <coughs> and I think it could it could make a connection for you. And certainly, obviously. I, I know, you know, personally in my life, I've, I've had trouble with being, you know, melancholy at times. Um, so music for me is very much a therapeutic experience, both listening to it, writing it, performing it, recording it. Definitely. Um, music is a huge, huge part of my life. And it's, it's been a huge gift to me to help me deal with things. So it's a lot of times a lot of people would ask me, like, Aaron, my mom, when I was a kid, like, why do you listen to depressing music? Well, because for me, if I hear a song that I find beautiful and that is melancholic and it's kind of bittersweet and it, I can relate to it, I feel like whomever wrote that song understands what I'm going through. Maybe not exactly, but someone out there whose work that I admire <clears throat> feels or has felt at some point like I'm feeling now or like I felt in the past. And that, I think, makes it easier to deal with. So I think music like this is very valuable. And I'm not sure this is the song for me in that application of it, but I definitely think that there could be someone out there who hears this song and thinks, wow, you know what? Okay, it's a good metaphor. I'm just going to keep, you know, just to be like uh, Dory from uh, Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? <laughs> you will get through it. Things can get better. Don't give up. And I think that's an important message, so. Nice. Yeah. Tracy, how many butterfly right. strokes do you give <laughs> this song? <laughs> um, hold on one second. Sorry, I'm trying to pull something up. Oh, butter. There we go. Um, oh, butterfly strokes. Oh, butterfly <laughs> strokes. <That's right. laughs> oh, I know. I'm looking in the wrong folder. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. <clears throat> so, I have... I'm trying to pull up my, my notes here because I closed them for a second. Um, my big thing is I, I love the lyrics. I think it's very poetic. I think it's a great way of kind of melding this metaphor. Um, you know, the more I listened to it, especially once I understood that it was about depression, uh, the more I, I kind of got into it. Um, I think that the music, there's, there's things missing. Stop. There's things, <laughs> there's mi things missing. Um, but, um, at the same time, um, I, st I do like it and I like how it's a change from this other songs on this album. Um, I'm not a big fan of the synth at the end of the song. I'm not proud to say this, but I, I, I will be honest that songs like this at the end of the song, I will wait till that comes up, listen to a, like 10, 12 seconds of it and then hit, hit next song. Just be, especially if I'm driving, like if I'm just sitting there and, and chilling, I won't do that. But if I'm if I'm driving, I'm I'm gonna switch it because I I, I want to get to that next song that I'm gonna be able to jam to. So, what I'm giving this is uh three strokes, three butterfly strokes. Okay, so that brings our song to gives the total score of a two point eight seven, which brings it just above. Carol of the Bells. Okay, that seems about right. So it's above a word for that. It's slightly above another spin. It's above another postcard. <laughs> it's just below Born just, Human. Just below uh, another heartbreak. Yeah, and I guess yeah. Born yeah. Human as well. Sorry about that. I, I've been adding in the um, beats be per sorry. minute and um, chord 
of the of the song. Yes. And oh, so in cool. doing or the key of the song, which is in there now, so at the end we can do some analysis. But in doing so, I had to get it in alphabetical right. order to to do it. No Sorry problem. about that. That's okay. No no problem. I think that's about where it belongs. I think honestly, it's pretty yeah. pretty darn good. Especially you know, again, I know that we've been kind of hard on some of the the latter day BNL stuff. But I think, again, I would love to see them maybe come take another stab at this song. You know, I'd love to see them come back yep. to it and be like, hey, let's let's make another version of this song and maybe like go somewhere else with the bridge or do something like that. I'd love to hear uh, I'd love to hear another take on this song because I do think there's something really, really interesting in, in this song. All right. So, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We got another postcard. <laughs> we got a postcard. Oh wow! <laughs> we did. We have a question that posed to us here. Tyler Harper from Canada. I'm not sure what city in Canada he's from, so I apologize, Tyler. Tyler Harper, our longtime listener, had a question for us. I he says, it. "As we've been, <laughs> as we've been going through the BNL songs alphabetically, I have a thought about albums. Mm. I'm the type of guy who lis- enjoys listening to entire albums in order and finding hidden gems." The one BNL album I thought I have, or that I have struggled with, is Silverball, mm. the one that we, we discussed have, last we have week. As well, thus far, yes. <laughs> uh, I can't find a song I like from it or a hidden gem that I enjoy. I just don't like that album in its entirety. On the other hand, Everything to Everyone is an album that is one that I can listen to and enjoy the whole thing. This also happens with Gordon Stunt and Maroon, but they are also universally accepted as awesome. Is there an album from BNL that you cannot stand to listen to? And uh, she, he says that I, he would imagine it would be from the 2009 and later releases. Michelle, I'll hand that over to you. Do you have? I know Al, I can't ask Aaron because Aaron hasn't listened to the albums yet. I thought this was a really great question, and I want to just give a shout out to Tyler. Hi, Tyler. For me. Now I have to say, and probably our listeners know this. Like I am a fan from way back like I'm an old school fan and so you know the newer albums I listen to and they're okay but his this question I wanted my answer to be different but it just it's my answer is everything to everyone I and it's not because I don't like the album the the songs are okay but for me it just like when this first came out that album was the one where I wasn't immediately in love with it and I could feel that things were changing and I could feel that it wasn't the same and it didn't have that magic and it just made me uneasy. And so every time I put that CD on or go to put it on, I just like, I just feel that. So that's the, the album that I, it's not that I don't like the album, but I just, I'm not going to put that one on. Like that's just one that doesn't get put on just because of all the weird vibes i have around it i guess interesting yep good answer and i think mine will come out more and i'll see if i'm incorrect on this <laughs> at the end like i'm we're keeping all these numbers so like at the end we're gonna crunch like who hates which album the least which who loves which album the Ooh, most that'll be cool um, so like i love having this in an ex, in, a, in a sheets file so i can just easily like crunch those numbers um but as it stands right now numbers prove me lo- wrong or right later on Silverball is the album that I never return to. I never pull up a song off Silverball and listen to it. Um, I 
don't think even after I bought it that I listened to Silverball all the way through one time through. I listened to parts of it. I stopped it. I came back to it. I stopped it. I came back to it. Um, it was my disillusionment with with BNL at that point. Um, Interesting. And then luckily, the like the album after mm-hmm. that, like they this newest album, they've brought me back. I've enjoyed this album a little bit more so than than the previous one. Um, but yeah, it, for me, it's got to be Silver Ball. Well, I'm going to say for me, it's snack time. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm calling it here. That's if we're if we're gonna. I'm predicting that my lowest rated album by average of song will be Snack Time. Now, if we don't count Snack Time, Silver Ball, based on what I've heard, I'm going to guess is maybe maybe Grinning Streak, but I think Silver Ball is probably going to be my lowest. And um, I'm guessing either Stunt or Maroon for my top rated album hmm. is, is likely to be the case. But uh, we'll see. Gordon's got some good stuff too. Um, I, I, you know, again, <laughs> I really like so much of what I've heard. You know, it, it's really a testament to how how talented these guys are that I keep coming back here week after week. You know, if if I was not getting something out of this, if I was not enjoying this music, I mean, obviously, I, I'm enjoying the the activity of kind of analyzing it. It's good kind of uh, mental exercise for me to stay sharp with my my theory skills and stuff. But like, and I love talking to you guys, but. Um, I, I think if I wasn't of enjoying course. the music, if I didn't feel like, oh, I can't wait to hear the next alcohol or hear the next conventioneers or whatever, um, if there wasn't that pull, I probably would be like, well, guys, this is a really huge project, and I've been <laughs> having a lot of fun with the I'm so A's busy. and the B's. I can't even. But, yeah, so the, the the fact that I'm sticking with this is a testament, I think, to the quality. I don't have 10 more years to it get is. to this project. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, who knows? I, I am, yeah, I do have a lot of stuff going on, but I, I, I I'm going to hit retirement keep... before we're over. <laughs> I do, I do want to keep up with it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, I don't know, they better slow down releasing albums. <laughs> we'll never catch I know. <laughs> they just said they headed back into the studio. I'm like, no, please, God, no. Let us catch up. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to many more. So yes. now I plan on putting out there once I figure out how to do this. I plan on putting and posting a survey on Facebook, mm-hmm. so other people can also answer oh, this nice. question as well. Oh, um, I just cool. got to figure out how I can go about doing that and keeping it open, so we can get just continuous responses as more and more people oh, can, come. Wonder if we could do a pinned post. With we could a do a poll straw poll. Because oh. you have poll options on Facebook. You can make mm-hmm. a poll, and then you, maybe we could pin it to the top of the page. So that's that, a good idea. That's the first thing. That's a great see. idea. We'll have to talk about that at some point yes. here, about how to get that to happen. You It sounds like you guys I'm, know a lot might, more about it than I do. I might be able to do that. <laughs> Ooh, that would, if you want to take that project, go right ahead. Sure. I have a billion projects that I'm juggling. So Yeah, I'll do that. I'll take it over. Thank you, Michelle. All right, cool. Very cool. Um, appearance for the week. Okay, random selection here. I have about five of them that I've pulled up. Um, the one that I'm most that I'm most excited to kind of talk about. I'm going to go with. I found this wonderful thing uh, thanks to. I want to say that it came from the BNL chronology book. Um, there is a short. Very short film, three minutes long, so it's almost like a, a music video because there's music throughout mm. it, but it's called a short movie yeah. um, called called Oh Alberta. Okay. Um, and it's about if Bonnie and Clyde were came came alive today kind of thing. And it's a chase scene and, and uh, bank robbery scene. 
Tyler is featured at the end of that as a policeman. Literally, it's a two-second glimpse of Tyler, but it it's just fun. It's a wonderful little cameo. Was this before or after they released the song Bank Job? I uh, want to say it was after. I don't have the number here with me. After, that would be a wonderful little reference there. Or I guess you know, either way it works. Like, so maybe they got inspired by that. But I actually really like that song, by the way, Bank Job. I, I really enjoyed that one. So Quick plug. Yes. Whatever It Takes podcast, we are part of the... Um, we are part of the Filling the Void Network. There is a wonderful podcast on Wednesdays called Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast. Oh, wow. Where they talk about the next generation. And, of course, Ooh. I would love to have them on because, as you know, Ed was on two episodes of that show um, as the music teacher, ironically enough, or coincidentally enough. And uh, I would love to have them come on and and talk with us a little bit about that. And... Uh, you know, it just—it's kind of—it's kind of neat um, that that they have these wonderful podcasts. I grew, of course, I was—I'm really old at this point, and I grew up watching. Oh my god, it's so crazy to say this. The original. I watched the original Degrassi back when it was on PBS. Yes. It is crazy to imagine how old that is. Um, and speaking of crazy, that's the song that we're going to hit next week. Woo! <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next week for one of my favorite songs, Crazy. Yay! See you next week. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.